Hey yo, you are listening to Dope Excerpts. My name is Adam R. Garcia. I'm your host, and on this podcast, uh, it's a pretty simple idea. I find dope stuff around my apartment, and I read it to you. Almost too simple, right? I try to find things that are insightful, inspiring, and informative. And uh, all these things are definitely different kind of texts that have affected me in different ways and affect the way that I see creativity and the way I live uh, in the world in a creative way. And hopefully it affects you the same way. Today, we're going to be reading a little bit of the physicist Alan Lightman's amazing book, Einstein's Dreams. Uh, Einstein's Dreams is pretty dope. Um, It is 30 short vignettes that are each speculative fables through the eyes of Einstein when he was young. Uh, not real stories at all, but kind of um, kind of meandering thought experiments about time using Einstein as a canvas and Einstein's idea as a canvas before he discovered the theory of relativity. So you're going to hear a lot of Austrian references. You're going to hear some historical references. Uh, but it was a, it's a pretty contemporary book. And overall, it's pretty dope. I hope you enjoy it. I'm excited to hear your feedback. And uh, here we go. Suppose that people live forever. Strangely, the population of each city splits in twos, the laters and the nows. The laters reason that there is no hurry to begin their classes at the university, to learn a second language, to read Voltaire or Newton, to seek promotion in their jobs, to fall in love, to raise a family. For all these things, there's an infinite span of time. In endless time, all things can be accomplished. Thus, all things can wait. Indeed, hasty actions breed mistakes, and who can argue with their logic? The laters can be recognized in any shop or promenade. They walk an easy gait and wear loose-fitting clothes. They take pleasure in reading whatever magazines are open or rearranging furniture in their homes or slipping into conversation the way a leaf falls from a tree. The laters sit in cafes sipping coffee and discussing the possibilities of life. The nows note that with infinite lives, they can do all they can imagine. They will have an infinite number of careers. They will marry an infinite number of times. They will change their politics infinitely. Each person will be a lawyer, a bricklayer, a writer, an accountant, a painter, a physician, a farmer. The nows are constantly reading new books, studying new trades, new languages. In order to taste the infinities of life, they begin early and never go slowly. And who can question their logic? The nows are easily spotted. They are the owners of the cafes, the college professors, the doctors and nurses, the politicians, the people who rock their legs constantly whenever they sit down. They move through a succession of lives, eager to miss nothing. When two nows chance to meet at the hexagonal pilaster of the Zaringer fountain, they compare the lives they have mastered, exchange information, and glance at their watches. When two laters meet at the same location, they ponder the future and follow the parabola of the water with their eyes. The nows and laters have one thing in common. With infinite life comes an infinite list of relatives. Grandparents never die, nor do great-grandparents, great-aunts and great-uncles, great-great-aunts and so on, back through the generations all alive and offering advice. Sons never escape from the shadows of their fathers, nor do daughters of their mothers. No one ever comes into their own. 
When a man starts a business, he feels compelled to talk it over with his parents and grandparents and great-grandparents ad infinitum to learn from their errors. For no new enterprise is new. All things have been attempted by some antecedent in the family tree. Indeed, all things have been accomplished, but at a price. For in such a world, the multiplication of achievements is partly divided by the diminishment of ambition. And when a daughter wants guidance from her mother, she cannot get it undiluted. Her mother must ask her mother, who must ask her mother, and so forever. Just as sons and daughters cannot make decisions themselves, they cannot turn to parents for confident advice. Parents are not the source of certainty. There are one million sources. Where every action must be verified one million times, life is tentative. Bridges thrust halfway over rivers and then abruptly stop. Buildings rise nine stories high but have no roofs. The grocer's stocks of ginger, salt, cod, and beef change with every change of mind, every consultation. Sentences go unfinished. Engagements end just days before weddings. And on the avenues and streets, people turn their heads and peer behind their backs to see who might be watching. Such is the cost of immortality. No person is whole, no person is free. Over time, some have determined that the only way to live is to die. In death, a man or woman is free of the weight of the past. These few souls, with their dear relatives looking on, dive into Lake Constance or hurl themselves from Montalema, ending their infinite lives. In this way, the finite has conquered the infinite. Millions of autumns have yielded to no autumns. Millions of snowfalls have yielded to no snowfalls. Millions of admonitions have yielded to none. So, thank you for listening. That was a little bit of Einstein's Dreams by physicist Alan Lightman. I find that over the last 20 or so years that I've had this book, I revisit it often. Every year, it changes a little bit. I have different kind of vignettes that become more important to me that I understand more as I get older and experience and understand how time works and that it is really all relative. It reminds me of Italo Calvino's book, Invisible Cities, only in that book, it is Marco Polo and Genghis Khan talking about space and cities. And this is, of course, you know, a speculative thought experiment, exploration of time through the eyes of a fictionalized Albert Einstein. Either way, uh, it's amazing. It also reminds me a little bit of Jorge Luis Borges, just the idea that you can take historical figures and facts and artistically use them to tell new stories and get into those thought experiments. Uh, I find that the way that I think about time is greatly affected by this book. Um, it's a very poetic way to think about how we exist in the world. And uh, there's another book called A Sideways Look at Time by Jay Griffiths that I highly suggest. I remember reading them in the same uh, couple of years and reading a lot of books about time at that time. And uh, check it out. If you have any recommendations uh, for me, book-wise, shoot them my way, please. Overall, this is only the fourth one. Uh, it's not any tighter per se as far as a structure or a format, but I'm enjoying it. I hope you are too. 
give me your feedback. Tweet me, Instagram me, leave notes right here on Anchor. Um, next time, I'm going to be reading a little bit of the book My Own Devices by my friend Dessa, who's a philosopher and a rapper in Minneapolis. She's a uh, she's pretty amazing human, and the book is is great. I'm excited to get into it. Thanks for listening, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time.